Welcome to the Ditch That Textbook Podcast, your source for practical teaching ideas using technology, creativity, and student engagement. Listen, learn, and plan your lessons for class tomorrow. Now here are your hosts, Matt Miller and Carly Mora. It is December, and that means a couple of things. For one, we're starting to get close to the end of the semester, but it also means that the Ditch Summit is here. This is our free online conference for teachers that we put on every year during December and the very beginning of January. And if you're hearing this, it means that the Ditch Summit has already launched and it's already going. And we've already had a whole bunch of people watching our new sessions that are available. And um, Carly, I don't know about you, but I I look forward to the Ditch Summit every year. It's it's always something that that I'm I'm curious to see what the presenters have to say, and also what all of the viewers have to say about all of the sessions that we offer. I from the stuff on social media, it's been pretty, pretty amazing. Everybody's been loving it. And I have to, you know, of course, I get a sneak peek into the ditch summit before it starts. But it's always so much fun. And the presenters are incredible. And I love the fact that we can go back and watch old uh, ditch summit sessions from years past, because there's been some incredible sessions. And I love it's almost like it's almost like Christmas morning when you open up a box. And I always feel that way whenever the Ditch Summit launches, like we're back to it's it's like pulling out your old Christmas decorations and you're like, oh, it's here again. And I, I look mm-hmm. back at all the sessions and it's it's so much fun. And um, I, I know that there's so many people out there um, through social media that are saying the same thing, that it's just it's something that you look forward to at the end of the year. And it kind of rings in the holidays for us. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So um, if you haven't gotten to check it out yet, you can go to ditchsummit.com to get signed up. We've got some sessions on project-based learning. Uh, We've got several sessions on artificial intelligence. There's lots of tech tool sessions where you can learn about new tools and how to use them and everything. You can get certificates of completion for professional development credit. Um, There are contests. I mean, there's just all all sorts of fun stuff. So ditchsummit.com to sign up for that. And hey, while you're here, we've got a podcast episode for you. So um, Carly, we got a bunch of uh, good stuff here, including some end of the semester projects like... um, we're we're getting getting down to it, and uh, so it's a, it's always nice to have some some extra ideas, right? Yeah, and, I, and today we have some really practical stuff that you can you can use right away because as we get to the end of the semester or the end of the year, we're always trying to think of ways to get our kids to be able to show what they know, and so we'll provide some good stuff for you today. Yes, absolutely. All right, let's dive into it. News and updates. So just recently, we got another big AI announcement. It seems like there are AI announcements all the time anymore. But um, this one relates to Google because, you know, we've had Google Bard as its AI tool, its large language model that's kind of like ChatGPT. And just recently, Google released Gemini. So Gemini is its new AI model that it wants to use to rival ChatGPT and, um, you know, like Microsoft Copilot, Anthropics Claude, there's a whole bunch of these AI assistants out here. And now um, Google has released Gemini. And you can get a taste of Gemini right now when you go to Bard. 
So Google Bard is still its AI assistant tool, but now it's run by this uh, Gemini AI model. Now, what we've learned about Gemini so far is that there are three different versions of, of this model. Um, there is the um, Gemini Nano, which is a kind of like smaller version of it that's supposed to run on uh, mobile devices. Then there's Gemini Pro, which is kind of like the standard one. And then there's Gemini Ultra. And this is, like it says, their largest and most capable model for highly complex tasks. And all we've seen so far is Pro because it's what's running in BARD. So if you jump over to Google Bard and you ask it some questions, now you're using that Gemini Pro model um, to be able to generate all of your responses. And I've tried it out some, and it's good. It's good. Um, it's probably on par with uh, free ChatGPT, I think. Um, but then what they're saying about Ultra is that Ultra is supposed to rival GPT-4, which is the model that runs the paid... Uh, premium chat GPT. In fact, they say that it's supposed to be like a teeny tiny bit better than it in general. And I know that one of the things that uh, Gemini is supposed to be designed for is um, it's supposed to be multimodal. It's supposed to, you know, bounce, bounce between text and images and audio and all of that stuff. So it's, it's built from the ground up to, to be able to do that. So it's going to be interesting to see, you know, now that there's another player in the space, uh, how much different it ends up being. And, you know, whenever there's competition, um, it always kind of pushes everybody to be the best version of themselves, I guess. So anyway, that's the that's the new model. And if you haven't gone over to uh, Google Bard to try it out, that's probably the first and easiest place for you to try it. That's That sounds pretty cool. I, uh, I was just listening to you and I wish people... <laughs> It's kind of fun because our Ditch Summit session is almost, almost like a behind the scenes of our podcast because I'm always sitting here nodding and like my eyes get really wide. And I think as you're explaining um, all these cool updates and the news, I sometimes I'm hearing about them and getting to um, listen in and about them for the first time. And I'm sitting here and I'm just like, whoa, this is cool. <laughs> so it's almost like I kind of wish people could see like exactly right. what I'm here like, like whoa. Um, yeah. And our, we um, actually have a Ditch Summit session that's kind Kind of like a behind the scenes from our podcast so um yeah i'm excited to try out gemini that's gonna be um like you said it's gonna push everybody to kind of maybe open get a little bit a little bit deeper a little bit better and uh, it'll benefit everybody hopefully so yeah for sure so my uh news and update is also ai and like you said it's it's, it's almost hard to keep up with everything um we're gonna try our best on the podcast to keep you up to date um, with everything, but quizzes um, now has an update where you can have your students or anyone who's taking a quiz watch videos um, or see documents while they're answering questions. So um, this is kind of cool because if you want your students to be, if they're watching a long video or if it's something with a lot of content in it, you can have them be able to answer the questions while they're viewing the video. And that's all part of um, this um, new update week. And you can make these questions right away. You just put the YouTube link into quizzes and it will generate the questions for you. Uh, of course you can edit it from there and then, um, and then they can watch the videos while they answer the questions. So I think that's a pretty cool update from quizzes. 
Yeah, makes sense. I mean, there's so many times when you, you want to have students working on questions that are based on a document or based on a video. And instead of having to jump outside of it or pop open a new tab or something, it just makes sense for quizzes to have everything all together so that you don't have to leave the site. So yeah, that one, that one makes a ton of sense. The big idea. So with it being December and with us getting so close to the end of the semester, I know there's lots of us that are thinking about ways that we can have students wrap up their learning for the whole year. Um, and there's lots of different ways that, that that shows up. I know sometimes it ends up being in you know quizzes or tests or papers or whatever. But another one to consider is the end of semester project. I know some of that kind of falls under the, the umbrella term of end of semester projects, but there are lots of ways for kids to be able to take what they've learned and then put it into some sort of tangible form that shows them um, what they've learned. And um, Carly, I don't know about you, but I've, I've always kind of appreciated being able to do something at the end of the semester, um, or at least have students do something at the end of the semester um, to show what they've learned throughout the the whole year or just that whole semester. I think I think there's lots of benefits for it. Yeah, and it definitely is. So some of our kids don't aren't able to show what they know as well on a quiz as they are on a project or um, like some ideas that we have in this blog post on on the website or in today's episode there's lots of different ways that our kids can um, be able to show what they know and there's also these are great ideas for you to maybe give them choices of ways that they could they could show what they know because we know choice and voice are big in the classroom so we I always appreciate as a teacher not only having those options but also having more ideas that I maybe would have never even thought of to be able to give my kids this option to uh, show what they know right. So we just recently shared in the email newsletter our post about you know, lots of digital end of the semester projects. And it's something that we've added to little by little over time. And so you can go check that out, of course, in our show notes at ditch.link slash podcast. But we wanted to share with you a couple of our favorites that come right off the list. And for me, one of those is definitely creating an infographic. Um, you know, infographics are of course, these uh, digital creations where you have a little, like a little icon or a little doodle or a little picture or something uh, right next to a little snippet of text. And there's a whole bunch of them. Um, I started seeing them uh, at first years ago when USA Today would have a little infographic down in the bottom corner of the front page. Of course, that was back in my journalism days when I thought that I was going to be a newspaper reporter for the rest of my life. Haha, <laughs> that didn't happen. But then not too long after that, you started seeing these infographics kind of all over Pinterest, you know, especially the the big long ones. And they all they were just kind of like sprinkled with all of these icons that all had little text next to them. And um, they are as, as far as something that students can create, they are pretty brain friendly because they do have that powerful verbal visual mix. You know, you've got the the visuals of the icons uh, next to the verbals of a little bit of task or a little bit of text. And so if you have that verbal visual mix kind of all throughout the infographic, A, it's a really good way to kind of summarize everything that you know or that you think or that you've learned. But then B, it can also be used as a really good way to boost that long-term memory so that once you create it, once you look back over it, it's making that verbal visual connection in your brain so that you're able to remember things for the long term. So um, 
in this post, which again, you can find in the show notes at ditch.link slash podcast, we've got some infographics templates. Uh, we've got a couple of favorite places to be able to get icons. Like for instance, I'm a big fan of the noun project. And there's another site called Flat Icon. These are two places where you can go download icons to be able to use. But of course, if you use design programs like Adobe Express or Canva, um, there are tons of those icons that you can go grab. And honestly, these days you could go to an AI image generator and ask it to generate an icon for you if you're looking for something a little bit more specific. But um, you know, pull all those together on a Google slide or Google Drawings or a you know a set of canvas slides or something it's a really great place to be able to make these and then of course whenever students are done they can share them with each other so um infographics that's you know something that i've loved using in the classroom for a long time and you know now that technology has continued to advance and they're easier to make than ever like i'm i'm still a big fan of them yeah, these the infographics are you you made me a big fan of infographics uh, because I I didn't even know what noun project was before I, I learned from you what it is. And now I, I can't create anything <laughs> without using noun project right. icons. And I love that um, noun project and um, flat icon both have um, Google Slides extensions that you can um, or add ons. I'm not sure which one it is, but it's either one of those that you can put into straight into Google Slides so that you can pull those icons in um, right away when you're um, creating these infographics. And for our students, like you mentioned, you had seen this in USA Today. One day our students might be doing this for a job, creating creating some sort of summary or infographic. We see these all the time on social media. So it's not only something that's great for them to be able to show what they know, but you're also teaching them a skill that they that they might use later on um, to be able to create some sort of graphic um, to share out on social or for, you know, whatever it is that they're doing. So that's it's such a fun one. I, I love infographics. And like I said, you you made me a huge fan of them <laughs> many years ago. Yeah. So my uh, one of my favorite um, end of semester or I really end of unit ideas um, from this post. And then um, we have a lot of these ideas out and about on the Ditch That Textbook website. But this one is to create a quiz um, and not the teacher creates the quiz. The students create the quiz for their classmates. So um, I love um, this because it not only gives your students the opportunity to, um, you know, take what they know and then create a question. But if they're creating a multiple choice question, they're going to have to word it in a way that makes sense. And then they're going to have to create those wrong answers and then correct the uh, create the correct answer. And so there's a lot of thinking that goes in into creating a question, as we know, <laughs> as teachers, creating a question um, for our classmates. So Creating a quiz for your classmates is a great way to get your students um, thinking about their content, but then also you can use those questions and create a Kahoot with them or create a quizzes for them. So take your students' questions that they create and then create a class Kahoot. Um, and there's actually an applied digital skills lesson called Create a Quiz in Google Forms. Again, we'll have a link to that in the show notes. And um, 
that walks your students through how to create a quiz in Google Forms. So um, it's something that you can use it as an end of semester or end of unit project idea. And the lesson is already finished and ready to go for you. So your kids will just log in and then go through the steps and create their own quiz. So I love this one. It's it's a fun one. Um, you can do this with with anything. They could they could watch a video um, and then create a quiz for it. Um, it could be after they read a chapter in a book. Um, there's a lot of different ways to use this this idea, but it's it's a fun one and it gets them thinking in a lot of different ways. Yeah. Uh, there's a couple of other like side benefits that I like from this. One is that when students are creating the questions, sometimes that takes a little bit off the plates of the teachers. Um, since, you know, if, if we want to get students lots of repetitions, uh, those don't all have to be made by the teachers. So in this case, it kind of helps us out. And then the other side thing that I like about this too, is that it kind of gives students a little bit of a behind the scenes look at uh, the, the quiz or the test, um, kind of lets them look at it from a different perspective, because usually they're, they're the recipients of it. Usually they're the test takers. And then whenever they're the test maker, it helps them to see it kind of from a, a different perspective. And so, um, you know, in addition to all of the, you know, repetition and the memory and the reflecting on learning and everything that comes along with all of this. So I'm, I'm a big fan of this one too. And then another one that we wanted to touch on was just in general, Carly had mentioned that there is a, um, uh, Google Applied Digital Skills lesson about this to create a quiz. If you're not familiar with Applied Digital Skills, it is this huge um, curriculum of all of these digital lessons uh, put on by Google that you can go scroll down through and open up. And with most of these, it has instructions for your students on how to do the lesson. Uh, a lot of them have uh, how-to videos that you can show students so that it walks them through the process of it. And then, of course, they're, they're written really well so that students are practicing some of those digital skills but are also engaging in your class content. Um, I've got applied digital skills pulled up right now. And right now, it shows that there's more than 200 of these applied digital skills lessons. And, um, you know, the the create a, a quiz one is an option. There's another one called uh, All About a Topic, where you're just sharing information about a topic by creating Google Slides. Not like a brand new idea or anything, but if you could use kind of like an existing lesson plan to get ideas, then... Um, this could be really good, uh, but there's a whole bunch of these. Um, you know, making a promotional flyer uh, is a good one. There's an annotate text in Google Docs. So if you have an important text, then it shows you how to be able to an annotate it, uh, design a poster about you. There's an uh, infographic one in it as well. And so really with any of these, you can pull these up and assign them directly to your students. Uh, you can make your own modifications to it or just kind of run with it. But um, if you're looking for ideas, there's a ton of them in that applied digital skills curriculum. And I think what's great about this is it it lower, lowers the effective filter, not only for our students, but also for the teachers. Because a lot of times we look at this and go, I don't, you know, like creating an infographic. Like what if I never created an infographic before? Well, with these lessons, you don't need to, you know, you can give these really great lessons that include examples and rubrics often are included in them, but it's, it's already finished. So I think that it's really a great way for teachers to bring in these other, these other ways for students to show what they know. And again, you don't have to know how to do it um, because these lessons are already done for you. So why reinvent the wheel when, when it's already done and uh, save time and, and do something different? 
different. And I know on the um, Digital Textbook blog, um, there's you wrote a post um, a little while ago called 20 Interactive Digital Lessons for Tomorrow. And that includes a bunch of digital applied skills lessons and kind of gives you a heads up about 20 really great ones on there. So if you're interested in um, just kind of checking out the um, what's what's available on through digital applied applied digital skills, then check out that blog post. And again, we'll have that in the show notes um, at ditch.link slash podcast. Tech tips. Now, if you're a listener to the Ditch That Textbook podcast, you've probably heard us talk about Magic School, magicschool.ai. It's this uh, this great resource for teachers with a whole bunch of lesson planning tools that are run by artificial intelligence. Now, what you might not realize is that inside of Magic School, it also has its own chatbot called Reina. And um, what Reina does is Reina is a chatbot that's been trained on, you know, lots of uh, best practice, lots of, um, you know, teacher practices and things for teaching and learning and classroom management, just all sorts of stuff. Uh, so if you ask Reina questions, um, then Reina is able to respond with you know, things that are actually really helpful for us because they've been trained to be the kind of stuff that that really helps us out as teachers. Now, now that you know what Raina is, here's your tech tip, is that you can combine one of the tools in Magic School and Raina to create a lesson plan or an outline or an activity or something like that. See, all you do is you go into Magic School and you use one of their tools to create something. And then there's a little button that says Ask Reina. And then all you've got to do is just hit that. And then, you know, then Reina can help you kind of like customize that or make it exactly what you want. So when you start using those two things together, it really does help the product that you get out of Magic School to be more of what you envisioned or more of what you were looking for. So I I really like that combination. If you're not using it already, uh, it might be something worth checking out. Yeah, I think that the way that Magic School has that integrated is fantastic because I know for all, a lot of us that have been using, you know, AI for a little bit, we'll, we'll kind of combine them ourselves. Like I'll cut and paste something into perplexity or chat GPT and then ask the chat bot, but this is built right in and it's built right into a tool that's made for teachers. So this is, um, that's, it's fantastic. So if you haven't, if you haven't checked out Raina and, and kind of played around with it a little bit, it's definitely something that you'll, you'll want to try out. And so my tech tip is um, GZM Podcasts um, is a site, not GMZ, which I keep me, I keep saying, I think it's because of TMZ. I keep saying GMZ, but it's GZM, Generation Gen Z Media Podcast. And um, these are high quality podcasts that are made for the classroom. And I actually heard of these podcasts because my son Jake was listening to one of their top podcasts called the six minute podcast in his classroom in fifth grade. So they would listen to this podcast um, at the end of the day. And again, it's six minutes and it's a six minute little story that goes along. And um, these podcasts, again, are made for the classroom. So they have a whole library of them. And some of my favorites are um, there's Young Ben Franklin, which is a story about young young Ben Franklin. So that's a it's a great one, um, just about his life, and um, it's it's pretty cool. Um, and again, a lot of and a lot of these um, have 
lesson plans that go along with them or an explore boards um, for for the podcast. And then there's one called Molly of Denali, which is um, one that's made for younger students. So there is a whole library of these. So no matter what subject you teach, um, what age you teach, um, you can find a podcast that will work for your classroom. And these are it's a fun way to incorporate podcasting into the classroom. And another little tip from GZM is they actually have a podcast on podcasting. And that um, podcast on podcasting has a whole uh, lesson plan and Google Slides that you can copy. And so if your students get really into the podcast that you're listening to, you can actually do a whole unit on how to become a podcasters and um, best practices for podcasting. Yeah, that's the cool. I mean, you know, you think about read alouds in class. This is kind of like could almost be used like a version of a read aloud um, could be assigned to students to listen to at some point. Or you could even just make it kind of like a, um, you know, an extra resource where if you go, you go, hey, you know, you, you guys might be interested in this. This might be something fun for you to do if you want to on your own time. Um, any of that stuff could be really good. So GZM podcast. If you haven't checked it out, go check it out. Quick teaching strategies. For our quick teaching strategies this week, we have a couple good ones that, again, you can use right away. That's the whole beauty of these quick teaching strategies. And mine this week is another tool from Magic School. And I know we talk a lot about Magic School, but they have really great tools. <laughs> and so if you haven't checked it out, you're going to really want to because this one's fun, easy to do. And this is their quote of the day. They have they also have a joke generator, but this quote of the day generator is is it's a fun way to uh, like a bell ringer um, for your students to walk in. You can put a quote of the day on the board um, and then have your students respond to it as, as they're opening, you know, getting ready for class. Um, it could be one that you send them off um, at the end of the day and say, you know, think about this quote and then come back with ideas, ask people about it. Um, but um, again, quote of the day, it's, it's, it generates the quote right, right there for you immediately. And then you can write it on the board and then have your students respond to it. Quick, quick, quick teaching strategy you can use right away. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, another one I wanted to share, especially at this time of year, when you get down to the end of the year and you're looking for some things to fill the minutes that you have before the end of the semester, the five clue challenge could be really fun. Uh, so this is an idea um, created by Mike Soskel, who's a teacher in Pennsylvania, actually won Pennsylvania Teacher of the Year at one point. And he got this idea to kind of make a version of what people used to call mystery Skype, uh, which you can do on sort of any video conferencing platform now. It's kind of like this like global guessing game where you're trying to guess the location of the person in the video call. Uh, he did a whole bunch of those, but then he thought, well, what if we had a recorded video version of those? And so in his travels all over the United States, all over the world, he's recorded these five clue challenge videos, where if you start a five clue challenge video, he gives you a clue and then you can hit pause and then students can try to figure out where he is. And then if they can't, then you hit play and it gives you another clue. And it's kind of a game where if you can guess it on the first clue, you get like five points. And then every more, every other clue that you need, you get less and less points to be able to to, to guess it. And so he's got dozens and dozens of these videos. I actually recorded a, a one or two five clue challenge videos 
Um, so if you're looking for something to fill the time, uh, five clue challenge videos could be something that you and your students really like. Template of the week. So this week's template is one that I think could be really helpful at this time of year. And it actually kind of piggybacks off of the five clue challenge that I mentioned in the quick teaching strategies. Because remember with that, it was one of those little things that you can use to fill the time with, you know, something academic, something where students are going to learn. Because um, I don't know about you, but I've, I've always, uh, whenever I've taught, there have been moments where students have said, okay, I got that done. What do I do now? And I always want to have a good answer for them. I don't want to just say, well, I guess you're done, because then some of them will go put their heads down or, you know, they'll go get into their phones or um, there's just all sorts of things that that um, it, it just feels like a missed opportunity. So I always want to have some of those things in my back pocket where I can say, OK, here's a site you could go to. Here's something you could go check out. Here's something that will um, that, that will interest you. I don't necessarily always want to come out and say, here's something that you will help you learn because sometimes they, they don't always, you know, they don't always view that quite as much fun. But um, over time, I've started kind of compiling a list of these things. I call them free time sites, you know, sites for students who have free time on their hands. Um, I started this as a high school Spanish teacher. And the first thing on my list, by the way, was this site called Free Rice. Free Rice, which still is out there. You go to freerice.com. It's kind of like a vocabulary and quizzing site where it gives you a whole bunch of questions. And the more questions you answer, the more rice that you earn to be given to uh, people who are dealing with hunger throughout the world through the uh, World Food Program. And so um, I thought that was a pretty cool thing. And whenever my students got done for a while, that's where I was sending them. But now we've added more and more and more to them. And so we've got quite a list um, that you can get, of course, in our show notes. Uh, you can go get our list at ditch.link slash podcast. Um, but Carly, if they want to be able to give students some choice on which ones of those sites they go to, we've got something else for them, right? This is the free time sites interactive choice board. So we created this interactive choice board um, last year, and this was through Genially. And um, it is Easy. You can give it to your students now if you wanted to. You could as is. But um, someone asked if they could adapt it and change it and, and make it their own. And so we created the free time interactive choice board and we made it reusable. So all you have to do is go to Genially and we'll have a link to that in our show notes and you'll create a free Genially account and then you can reuse this choice board and then change it up and make it your own. So we will have a link and a tutorial video on how to create your free account um, in Genially in the show notes at ditch.link slash podcast. And um, you can go in and you can make your own. You could use it as is and then give your students some choice in what they do with their free time as you end the semester. So hopefully there was something helpful for you there in that episode with all of the teaching strategies and the tech tips and everything. Also, if you haven't gotten a chance to check it out, remember the Ditch Summit is live right now. You can go to ditchsummit.com to sign up if you haven't already. And if you haven't noticed, Carly and I have a session in the Ditch Summit where we're sharing the kinds of things that you would hear right here on the podcast. So um in the Ditch Summit. Again, if you haven't gotten a chance to check it out, you know, go see what all of the sessions are. And maybe, Carly, maybe they'll listen to our session too. I don't know. 
I sure hope so. It's it's I am excited because I next time on the Ditch That Textbook podcast, we're going to be talking about the Ditch Summit. So um, the Ditch, it's fun. And our, we had a blast <laughs> recording, uh, recording our episode. It was hard to to put everything in one session, but but we did it. And um, I think it's a pretty, pretty good one. So, um, yeah, I hope I hope you check it out and um, DitchSummit.com. Get your free ticket because everything there is free and it's amazing and you're going to love it. Yeah. Um, in fact, we had somebody preview that episode uh, ahead of time and they're like, that was kind of like a mind blowing assortment of all sorts of really practical things. Like of all of the sessions, this person was like, that one maybe, you know, takes the cake as far as the the practicality of it. So anyway, hope that you'll check that out. Hope that you enjoyed the podcast and we're looking forward to catching up with you on another episode. Thanks for listening to the Ditch That Textbook podcast. Get new teaching ideas in your inbox by subscribing to our email email newsletter at ditch.link slash join. Show notes for this episode are available at ditch.link slash podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the show in Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss any episodes. And while you're there, please consider rating and reviewing the show. Thanks for listening, textbook ditchers, and we'll catch you on the next episode.